Welcome to Beyond the Call, brought to you by Start Church. We hope you enjoy the upcoming podcast and hope this time is empowering, inspiring, and helpful as you pursue the dream God has put in your heart. The participants of this podcast are not attorneys, and this recording is not to be considered legal advice. Please contact your local attorney's office where needed. Enjoy today's podcast. Well, if you're joining us today on the podcast, this is the Start Church Beyond the Call podcast. And what we're trying to do is give a trusted resource to our podcast listeners and really give you an opportunity to hear from leaders and practitioners of church planting and pastoring. Today, we've got a, a friend of ours, Pastor Chad Blancett from Destiny Church in Republic, Missouri. Pastor Chad, thanks for being with us. You bet, man. Excited. Uh, thanks for the offer to be a part. Yeah. So t- you and I were talking a little bit before we uh, got into the recording here. Tell us your story. You were talking about in 2005, God spoke to you about launching, gave you some unique specifics. Walk us into that story. What was 2005 like? What was that call like? And uh, we'll go from there. Yeah. Well, 2005, uh, my wife and I were actually um, serving um, at her parents' church. My parents are, pa- are pastors. They're since retired. And my parents now work for me. So it's kind of cool being your dad's boss. Nice. But awesome. uh but uh, my parents were pastors for years. Tasha's parents have been pastors. That's my wife's name. And uh, we were on staff at his church. Um, it really kind of unsettled, really. Um, not We loved being around family, but just not enjoying what we were doing because kind of I've been sensing a call for a couple of years on planting. Sure. And uh, in 2005, um, actually, her dad took us to one of his favorite places. He loves Bob Evans. And we sat down and he's like, have you guys ever thought about planting a church? And I said, yeah, I've been thinking about it for a few years. And he said, I think it's time for you guys to plant a church. He goes, I don't want you to leave. You know, they had two, you know, we had two grandkids and they're like, we want the grandkids around, but just kind of feel like it's a season for you guys to do that. And the Lord had really started speaking to me about that. And so February 2005, 2005 is when we kind of felt that confirmation. Hey, this is what we're supposed to do. And so we just started praying about it and looking for cities and where to go and what to do. But uh, I'm very specific yeah. when, you know, when the Lord asked me to do something, I kind of like detail. And because uh, I want to know what I'm shooting at. I want to know what I'm kind of aiming at. And so I just kind of just started talking to him. What was the church supposed to look like? I remember, you know, asking what we were supposed to name it because I didn't want to just kind of just pick a name. And yeah. so just what to name it. But very specifically, he told us, uh, you know, I was kind of like, I always want to know, Hey, why, how big do you want it to be? You know, what do you want to, where are we going? What's it going to look like? And I remember when they asked him, Hey, do you want to be a hundred, 200, 500,000, 5,000, 10,000? And I felt him just whisper. Um, This was in 2005. And he said, Hey, he said, I'd rather you have 10 campuses of a thousand than one campus of 10,000. And I was like, okay, I don't even know what that means. Cause at that point in time, I didn't know multi-site existed. We were, I'm a simply a God boy that, you know, we weren't seeing anything like that. My wife was a Pentecostal Church of God girl, so we weren't really seeing any of that. You know, yeah, we just were on the front just, end of multi-site even. Yeah, five. yeah, yeah. You just kind of just went to your church of two, three hundred people and did your thing and went home. And and so that was kind of the interesting thing for us. So we didn't. We kind of put that as part of our vision, but we didn't even know what that meant. So we didn't from the beginning. We didn't pursue that or anything yeah. like that because we. Yeah. I mean, we literally. I had no clue what that even. I didn't even think that was possible. Sure. You know, like pastoring 10 churches, I, did, I didn't know what it meant, you know, so we just kind of kept that on the back burner, but it wasn't part of our vision when we were kind of sharing that with people. Um, but and then 2008 is kind of when we ran into the ark and we kind of realized, hey, these people are doing what God told us. Yeah. Wow. Uh, 
you know, and so that's kind of, that's kind of just a little bit of a bio of kind of how we got started a little bit. That's awesome. Now, uh, talk to me about how you found Republic. Did, did you know about that already? How did you find, a lot of people ask us, how do you find out where to plant? How, yeah. do, you, how do you coach people through that? Yeah, we've got an interesting story there. So I grew up 20 miles kind of just south of here. Um, I was, my parents, that's where they pastored for years. That's where I grew up. There's a town called Nixa. Um, I played sports at school. It was, we were the Nixa Eagles and then Republic where we are was one of our fiercest rivals. Nice. It was Republic Tigers. And so, and I never liked, I didn't like this city, you know, even when I was going to school here, it wasn't a city I really cared about or anything. And so 2005, when Laura started speaking to Tasha and I about planting, we drove down here one weekend in the summer to look for a house, right? Actually, it was right before school got out. And uh, we started looking for a house down this way. And we, I wanted to move back to Nixa where I grew up. I was friends with the superintendent. I called him, that school district was growing like crazy. And I was like, Hey, I want to go to school, you know, you know, live here or maybe live somewhere else, but go to school here. And he's like, man, we can't make that work. You know, if you live in Nixa, you, you know, you got to go to school here or whatever. So it was just kind of this weird yeah. ordeal. And uh, so we started looking around. My wife and I both felt this kind of this pull to, hey, west side of Springfield, Missouri. That's kind of where we are. Right. And uh, so we started looking there. We ended up coming to Republic and she found the house she wanted. And so I was like, well, we'll live in Republic, you know, maybe, but we'll go to school in Nixa. Yeah. And the superintendent's like, man, I can't let you here. You know, I can't let you pay. We're not allowing anybody to do that anymore. So I was like, man, we got to go to school. I don't want to go to. Right. Right. You know, so anyway, so, but we're still thinking West side of Springfield for our church. Yeah. And we walk into one of the schools, one of the elementary schools, just kind of look at it after we'd kind of bought the house and was looking at one of the elementary schools. And one of the secretaries recognized me. You know, and she goes, are you, you know, she's like, are you Chad Blanton? I said, yeah. And she goes, I haven't seen you since you were a kid in no church. We started this conversation. She said, what are you doing here? And I said, well, I said, you know, I said, we're going to start a church. And she looked at me and her eyes got big and she said, in Republic? And I said, no, I'm not coming to Republic. And she said, man, she said, we need a good life-giving church in this town. Wow. And in that moment, the Lord whispered to me, said, welcome home. Wow. And that was so, you know, some guys pray and the Lord gives them a map. I think if the Lord, if I had prayed and the Lord had told me this city, I probably wouldn't have done it. Wow. You know, it been one of those, I would have tried to dodge it, avoid it, whatever. But it was literally in that school, Lord whispered to me and said, welcome home. And Tasha and I looked at each other. And that was in the, that was at the beginning of the school year. Wow. Uh, 2005. And so, yeah, that's kind of how we ended up in Republic. Awesome. So how'd the process go? Did you plant with that? And you mentioned Assembly of God, you mentioned ARC. Talk to me about how you actually launched. What was the process of you yeah. gaining steam and launching? Yeah. So we didn't, uh, we didn't launch with anybody really. Uh, one of the things we wanted to do from the beginning was be a non-denominational church. Yeah. Um, you know, we just kind of just, we didn't want to be a part of a denomination, nothing against that. We don't have any problem with that. Um, you know, I'm so very thankful for our legacy and our heritage and what both of us grew up with, but we just kind of just like, we don't want to do that. We would just want to kind of be a non-denominational church. So her, Tasha's parents' church helped us. Both of us had some friends that were pastors and we had a few churches kind of give us a hundred dollars here, a hundred dollars there. And, you know, so we, we really pioneered it. We didn't have, we didn't know about the ark yeah. until 2008. And so we, you know, so we just kind of just got here. Uh, my wife moved here first. Um, found a really good job. Um, so she got a job. I came in, was trying to just do the church. Um, but, you know, we couldn't make ends meet. So I had to start driving a school bus for the city. And yeah. I started reffing basketball for the state of Missouri and, you know, and traveling and reffing at high schools. And so it'd be drive a bus, work of the day, 
drive a bus in the afternoon, go ref high school basketball games at night, come home dead tired and do it all again the next day. But it was just wow. kind of just, that's kind of how we launched. Yeah. Um, so we didn't really have any support. So we just kind of pioneered it. If, if there's anybody listening that's uh, thinking about church planning, don't do it the way we did it. You know, <laughs> that's, that, you know, I don't always do everything right, but I, I've done a lot of things wrong. And yeah. in the midst of it, I'm like, don't do this. And so yeah. don't get out there and launch a church by yourself. It's, it's lonely and it's, it, it's hard. Yeah, but you did it. Here we are, years and years later. You we did, did it. it. Talk to me through. So you launched on what day? We launched in May of two thousand and six. Um, we had we moved here, um, like I said, in the fall of two thousand five. Yeah. Um, kind of built a team. Tried to get some people to buy into this vision that we were having, you know, selling. And yeah, we got eighteen people on our church plant team. Come on. You know, like you know, and again the arc, we didn't do anything arc model, you know, I mean, they would have never supported us with 18 church planners at that point in time. But, yeah. uh, but we launched with 18 people had 50 people, our first service. Um, you know, our, we, we had very little money. Um, so we actually did wanted to do a mailer. Um, but we couldn't afford a mailer for the whole city of Republic. So we kind of just did any, mini miny mo and picked like, you know, half like of the Trump. city. Yeah. And it's like, we're just going to hope that these are the ones that need to hear our message. And yeah, 50, yeah. You know, 50 people came out that day and, uh, you know, and then the following Sunday we had 35 people. Yeah. That was in 2006. Wow. And now you have multiple campuses. You're reaching yep. lots of people. Um, talk to me through this. Uh, what were some of the early challenges? Uh, let's talk about the year one, year two. Yeah. I, I always tell church planners it's harder than you think. Uh, yeah. you know, it's, they say, oh, I know it's hard. I'm like, no, no, it's harder than you're thinking it's hard. Yeah. Talk to me about some of the early challenges that you faced and how you dealt with them. I, you know, for me, um, when I've talked to pastors and friends that are trying to launch churches or, you know, one of the things I've done when we joined the ARC in 2008, we actually relaunched our church. We were the first ARC relaunch. Wow. You know, so, so I've not only planted a church, we've relaunched the church. Yeah. Kind of this whole new way of thinking. So I've, you know, so we've got some knowledge in both of those, but the biggest thing I've told guys that, uh, or girls, you know, that are church planning, I think the biggest obstacle is the leader. Yeah. Um, Cause you know, I had my own ways of thinking, uh, my own way of doing things. And so I had to kind of fix some things in me, wow. you know, um, to build a team, to plant a church. So really as a leader, to me, that was the first obstacle. I had to kind of yeah. get out of my way. I had to get out of God's way. So that was a big one you know, every single person would say this money is a sure. problem, especially if you're going to pioneer it without, you know, a mm -hmm. big church planning organization kind of funding you on the backside or, you know, helping your dream. So that was a big issue from day one for the first few years, we launched in six and then in seven, it was kind of when the, um, the economy crashed a little, Yeah, bit. you know, so it was a, it was a rough time. So finances were a big deal. Um, a big one for me was building the right team. You know, yeah. getting, you know, talking to the right people, finding people where they were, um, you know, um, that was a big issue for us. Um, but a big one, especially where we are, is, is this kind of a religious area, um, mm -hmm. kind of in the Bible Belt, you know, people talk yeah. about this is the Bible Belt. Well, I think, I think Springfield, Missouri is kind of the belt buckle, you know, yeah, sure. and, uh, but man, people want to hijack your vision as a church yeah. planner, um, you know, so they come in thinking their idea is right. You know, or they've, you know, because when you're planting a church, 
um, you know, you're trying to get out there and reach lost people, but sometimes mm -hmm. at the beginning, you just, you'll just take any, anybody, you know, mm -hmm. Hey, you're a warm body. You want to come to church and Hey, yeah. you've caused three church splits over there. I don't care. You help our numbers. And so you yeah. just kind of just take people in. Yeah. Um, but then they come in from other places and things they've liked or things they've seen. And so they want to, I think sometimes people want to hijack the vision. I don't know that it's always intentional, yes, but they're trying, they want to influence you as the leader. Yeah. So, you know, so for me, staying true to the vision that kind of God put in your heart, that's a big obstacle in the beginning because yeah. you're trying to do whatever you can be to be successful. So you hear somebody saying, Hey, this is a good model. So you jump on that model and you get in and realize, Hey, this yeah. isn't what we wanted. So you jump somewhere else. Yeah. You know, so that, to me, that's a big obstacle. And yeah, that, kind sure. of, that kind of comes into the leader. You've got to determine who you're going to be as a leader, the direction you're going to go as a team and then yeah. stay with that. Um, and then don't just, don't jump around. You know, yeah, and, and don't let people kind of influence your decision. Now, listen, you know, people have wisdom. God brings you people into your life for a reason. Sure. But man, stay true to kind of what God, you know, put in your heart. Like for me in 2005, kind of stay true to that. Yeah. You know, don't let people hijack it. Does that make sense? Interesting. You started with yourself. You said first obstacle I asked you about. And you said, hey, God had to change me, do some work in me. Yeah. Which, to be honest with you, is the exact response of every leader I talked to. Church yeah. that we launched. And I said, what's the difference you and today? And said, I had to change. Yeah. But dig into that a little bit. Uh, was it blind sides you didn't see? Or like, how did you wrestle through at that and allow yourself to see, oh, this is what God is putting his finger on me. I'll, oh, this is an area I need to change. Counsel somebody out there right now. They're in year one. They're in that, that space. Did you invite voices in to your life? Or does, was it God just highlighting? How did that work? It was both. You know, I hadn't, I invited voices in, but, but when, like I said, when we first planted in 2006, the first two years, I didn't really, I didn't have any voices, Yeah. you know, cause we were kind of by ourselves. Um, so I was trying to bring some voices in, but they weren't always, so that was some of the voices I was bringing in was trying to hijack it. So that was yeah. an issue, but you know, overcoming it for your, the, you know, you as a leader, um, for me, I had to figure out some blind spots, some areas that I thought I knew things that I didn't know things. Yeah. Um, you know, so trying things and seeing, oh man, this is, this is an epic failure and looking at it and saying, man, I'm the reason this failed. Yeah. Um, my, a big one for me was changing up my mindset. Mm -hmm. Um, I grew up like a, you know, said at the beginning, kind of in a Pentecostal culture and that's kind mm -hmm. of our roots and we love it. And we are Pentecostal in our expression at our church. Um, but you know, I kind of just, I just kind of had this one mindset of what it was supposed to, what church mm -hmm. was supposed to look like. Um, yeah. what, how I was supposed to communicate. And, and then I started running into people that are using this term called life giving. Yeah. And I had no clue what that meant. Yeah. I just, you know, I'm like, what are you talking about life giving? Yeah. So that was a big one for me is, is I had to totally change my whole leadership style. Yeah. I'm kind of this hierarchy. I'm the boss. You respect me. Yeah. Do what I say, preach hard. And then to, to understand grace and change my mindset and get a concept of what people yeah. are going through, you know, cause I'm a, I've been a youth pastor for years. So you can preach hard to youth and they're going to repent and come to the altars and love you. And you know, yeah. as long as you eat pizza with them or do some crazy game. And so yeah. I kind of had to change from, I'm not preaching to teenagers anymore. Yeah, sure. I'm preaching to adults. So my mindset's got to change to how to, how to communicate to them, how to lead yeah. them well. Um, but even just a, a variety of people, not all these people, you know, I, sitting in my seats are from Pentecostal background. So how do I communicate to somebody that doesn't know, the Lord? How do I communicate to somebody that doesn't believe Pentecost? How do I communicate mm -hmm. to somebody that 
you know, comes from a completely different belief system. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I had to just, how do I, you know, when we launched them in my late twenties, how do I communicate to someone who's 50? Yeah. It'll be relevant to somebody who's 25. Absolutely. So so that was me wrestling with my mindset, you know, and then, so, and I'm a big podcast guy. And so, you know, one day I'd listen to TD Jakes and I'm like, Ooh, man, I like how he preaches. And then I'd be like, get ready, get ready. You know, I'm trying to preach like TD Jakes. And next week I'm listening to somebody like, you know, uh, Adino Rizzo and trying to tell Cajun jokes, you know? So, so for me, it was trying to figure out who am I? That's great. And that's, that's how I had to change this. Who's Chad Blancett? Yeah. And then how am I going to lead? And that's even evolved over the years. You know, it really evolves for me every year. Okay. It's a new season and new, new growth. Mm -hmm. But the beginning, I really had to just kind of figure out who am I? Am I comfortable in my skin with the vision that God gave me? Yeah. And then lock into that and stay there. Yeah, I hear it takes three to five years for a church really to land in some of its identity. I think oh, yeah. that's a lot because of the leader is yeah. working in themselves out and feeling, you know yeah. what, I'm not this. I'm not ever going to be Furtick. I'm not ever going to be yeah. Jakes. I'm going to be me. But I think yeah. it actually takes a couple of years to work through the process of you learning who you are. It sounds like yeah. it took me a solid after we relaunched our church in 2008. It took me a solid two years to understand what it meant to be life giving. Yeah, absolutely. And to, and to, and to settle into my skin of who yeah. I am. So it took me a solid two years to do that. And then what was interesting is my church, we grew a little bit in those yeah. first two years after we relaunched. But once I kind of settled in and this is who I am and I just kind of stuck to my pace. Yeah. That's when we started growing. When I, I felt like when the Lord's like, okay, you're comfortable with who you are. Now I can bless it. And throughout our whole ministry, one of the things the Lord is at times I get upset, you know, when we don't grow as fast as I want, yeah, sure. the Lord always reminds me, Hey, I'm working on you. That's good. You know, when you're ready, we'll go to the next season. Cause the, the, the ministry, I've seen it outgrow leaders. And then I've seen that church collapse or that leader collapse. And the Lord's given me grace. He's never allowed us to outpace me as a leader. Um, and so there's been seasons where I'm anxious and frustrated and God's like, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm working on you when you get this awesome. then the next season will come. So those, so that's been kind of my trial. My obstacles is always getting out of my way so that God yeah. can do what he wants. How, how do you, how'd you not quit? You know, you talked about big challenges there, big challenges with you, big challenges with money, people coming in, trying to hijack the vision yet. Here we are uh, yeah. 15 years later, more, 15, yeah, almost 15. Yeah. Almost 15 years later, you've got fruitfulness too. Talk to me about how you stayed faithful in those, those trying times. So that's a tough question. Cause I mean, you know, within a 14 year period, you go through different highs and different lows. Sure. Um, you go through lows as a church. Yeah. And so for me, those lows as, as a church, I really had to hold on to vision Yeah. and things the Lord promised me. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, even in those seasons, I had to surround myself with people that wouldn't let me quit. That's good. You know, because if you surround yourself with people that'll just kind of tell you what you want to hear, when you want to hear it, or however you want to hear it, um, you know, they might, if you're sitting there saying, hey, I want to quit, they might just say, hey, let's go ahead and quit. That's I had crazy. to surround myself with people that wouldn't let me quit. One of those is my wife. I had to, you know, um, she had to be a voice in my life. That's of, awesome. Kind of like, hey, we can finish this race. You know, yeah. and then what's cool is there's seasons when she's like, I want to throw in the towel and, sure. and I'm strong, you know, and we bounce. Like say, God never lets yeah. us both be down. One's down, yeah. the other one's doing well, or she's yeah. vice versa. Yeah. So for us, it was holding on to vision, yeah. um, surrounding ourselves with good, good friends. Yeah. Um, they encourage us, 
um, but then just kind of making sure you get fed yeah. um, as a leader and get, you know, go to conferences, go yeah. to thing, you know, go to different events, different places where you're getting fed because I mean, as a church planter, as a pastor, but really as a church planner in those first few years, you're giving out so much and oftentimes with no other staff. Yeah. You yeah. know, first few years we were at church, I was the only one was getting paid just a little bit. Yeah. You know, I wasn't getting paid much. And uh, I mean, there was many days I was sitting in a building all by myself. Yeah. You know? So it's lonely. It's hard. So man, you have to make sure you have solid people in your corner, but yeah. you have to make sure that there's times and seasons where you're getting poured into yeah um, you know kind of i would tell pastors work that in their budget from the very beginning it's great is, is one or two conferences a year that you, that are non-negotiable i'm not talking about the conference but one or two times a year when you get to get away either yeah. to a friend's church where you know hey i'm when i go there i'm going to get fed yeah you know, or to a conference or something because yeah. if not man you just find yourself just getting weary and dry and detached yeah, and you can't feel like you're on an island. So vision, yeah. you know, remembering what God promised me from the beginning kept us going. Yeah. Holding on to that, even though times I couldn't see it, you know, yeah. just kind of just remembering that promise. People telling you, hey, don't throw in the towel. Um, people telling you they believe in you. Yeah. Um, but then also going to conferences where you're like getting a fresh mm -hmm. infusion of faith. So good. If you're on the podcast, if you're listening today, I've got Pastor Chad Blancett from Destiny Church in Republic, Missouri, uh, talking about his journey in church planning. You know, I love what you just said. You said the word promise. You said it twice. Yeah. And I think that that's so interesting how, you know, Paul tells Timothy to wage warfare by the prophecies given him. You know, at times, yeah. Tim was getting yeah. to me. It's like he had yeah. to start up and say, no, God promised me this. Mm -hmm. I think that's what it sounds like what you did. There were times when you were just going, no, I was, the Lord talked to me about these churches. The Lord yeah. talked to me about this area. Yeah. So yeah. good. well, and it's not only not only that. What's cool is there'd be times during those seasons, you know, when you feel like quitting, that I wouldn't even re be remembering those promises because I'm just kind of like, all right, they're not going to happen. Yeah, pe God would use people. God would use yeah, other voices. Sometimes people that knew the promise, hey, you remember what God told you? Hold on to that. Mm -hmm. But then God, what was neat is sometimes God would give me a word or a prophecy from somebody that didn't know, and they're like, hey, I just feel like the Lord yeah. wants you to hear this. And it would line up with exactly what the Lord had told me. Yeah. Or even what, there's times even when you're wanting to quit, when you hear the Lord whispering deep inside, and there was those seasons the Lord would be whispering and somebody would come and confirm what he was saying. So just, just, I mean, that's always special to hear that. Yeah. Uh, those that are listening to the podcast, you're getting gold here, you know, getting clarity on the front end of those promises. I heard somebody recently talked about, uh, it was Bill Johnson. He, he talked about writing out every time the Lord speaks to you a promise because you will yeah. have to go back to it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The way you strengthen yourself in the Lord is when you're weak to go back and say, I remember what you said. That's yeah. all you have to go off yeah. of. Yeah. Uh, and you talked about the quality of people you had around you that were evidently people of faith. Yeah. People that helped speak life over you. Um, that's huge. Uh, and you talked about being invested into, which I love. I think uh, I talked to a pastor yesterday and they said, you know, it felt like I didn't have any water in my well anymore. I hit yeah. a point where I was just, everybody else was drinking. There was nothing left. Yeah. You're given this wisdom of going, don't get below the line. You got to yeah. be having poured into you. Yeah. You even mentioned in your budget, you know, we at Star Church, we're always helping people. Uh, you know, they're asking us questions and uh, we love to mention things like that in their budget. Like you should have, we actually talk about counseling, like, yeah. Hey, get some counseling first year. And they say, Oh, I don't have anything to talk about. I'm like, you will. They're like, you will. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Have you and your wife and have somebody you can talk to that is safe, that you can just say whatever you need to build that into your budget ahead of time. Yeah. I've got a coach, mentor, counselors. I mean, I've got, yep. 
you know, I've got all kinds of variety of people that I can talk to. There's different people that I can talk about different things, you know, and then I've got pastor friends that we can call each other and, you know, yeah. and, you know, just go off, Hey, invent yeah. about our staff. I hate my church. I hate my team. I hate everybody. And they just listen. And then they're like, all right, are you done? Yeah. Okay. Talk to you next week. You know, yeah, yeah sure. You know, have people that you can do that to as well. Totally. And it seems like many pastors don't have that. They don't. Yeah. Now that doesn't come easy. I'm assuming, right? No, like, no. You don't get, how did you find those guys? Was it, was it kind of stuff like the ark you got around some tribes or what, how did those voices get in your life? Um, some of us through the ark. Yeah. Um, um, group of guys uh, being a part of a, you know, kind of, I'm in a part of a life group with about 15 to 20 pastors that um, wow. one of the ARC lead team guys started. Um, and so we're in a life group. We communicate back and forth just throughout the week. A lot of times it's just, it's just humor, you know, funny yeah. videos, things like that. But then there's seasons where, you yeah. know, one of the guys is kind of pouring into the group, but we all hold each other accountable. We get together, okay. you know, try to get together once a year to to hang out to do life together with our families things like that um so that was huge and then some of it just you run into people at a conference you run into a guy at a restaurant yeah. something um one of the guys that's really close to me we grew up together in high uh, from elementary school on we played basketball all the way through high school together he's a pastor um and so that relationship you know not everybody has that um yeah. but that's a good relationship that both of us have we've got I'm 44 years old. We've got 40 years of history together. Yeah. We can call each other up um, and talk about a whole lot of things. And there's guys I've met, you know, at a conference that I know two years, but you just, just this connection Yeah. Um, on some missions trips. I've, you know, met some guys just always looking for relationships. Yeah. Um, you know, first few years when I'd go to like an art conference or whatever, I was always insecure. Yeah. Um, thinking, well, he's, you know, his church is bigger than mine. He's better than mine. And so I was just kind of stand in the background and always felt awkward. So I just kind of got the point, man, just, just go talk to people. Yeah. Most of the people there are probably thinking the same thing. You're the same thinking. exact thing. You yeah. know, just go build relationships, mm -hmm. find people, build your own tribe, build your own community of guys. Yeah. You know, not every guy you invite in that tribe is going to work, but you know, sure. if you, Hey, hanging out with, start hanging out with five guys and one of them becomes a lifelong friend, man, it's worth it yeah um, somebody's in your life so that's that's what i we started doing just started talking to guys at places we'd go and that's that big idea of why you want to go to conferences not only getting infused from a message or a worship service or a time of prayer but just there's other pastors there sure you know in a breakout session or whatever talk to somebody that's doing the same thing you're doing yeah you know um and you know don't always shoot for the pastor of a church of, you know, if your church is 300 man, try yeah. to find somebody that's got a church of 300. Don't always try yeah. to find the church of 2000, you know, talk to somebody that's right where you are. Yeah. Uh, you know, so you can sit there and say, Hey, you know, how did you break 300? Hey, what are you wrestling with right now? Just, it, that just worked for me. I heard somebody talk about recently. He said, everybody's looking for a spiritual father oftentimes, but they're missing is a spiritual brother. Yeah. And if they had brotherhood, fatherhood can tend to show up, but if yeah. they have uh, if they have that, I know Pastor Larry Stockso calls it the divine flow. You meet somebody, it's just like, hey, we yeah, got to connect. Yes, yeah, yeah. connects. When we planted our first church, still my best friends to this day are other two other pastors. Yeah, that are pastoring down the street. I haven't seen one of them in years. We talk all the time. I haven't yeah. seen them face to face in years, but we just talk all the time. It's just a yeah. divine flow there. So. Yeah. Well, I love you. You've got given us a lot to chew on today about being intentional, about knowing who you are, surrounded by faith, 
knowing the promises, not giving up. We really want to thank you. Those are things that a lot of our people need to hear and a lot of the people listening to this podcast. Um, we'd love for you to just pray real quick, if you don't mind, at the end here, yeah. maybe uh, about those that are considering stepping into full-time ministry or going after church planning. Yeah. Maybe give us a 30-second prayer just uh, for them. Yeah. And we'll yeah. Hey, if Thanks. I could say one more thing. Yeah. Tell, tell as, if you're planting a church, never forget the first thing. Keep the first thing first. What's that? Your relationship with Jesus. Yeah. It's so easy to get doing ministry that the work of Christ kills the life of Christ inside of us. Wow. I struggled with that yeah. and I started finding myself dying. Wow. And I, I, was, I was reading the Bible, but it was, it was for public delivery, never personal yeah. growth. Yeah. And so I just, if there's, if there's one thing I can, if one pastor can get something today, man, just get in the word and prayer time for you. Don't forsake that ever. Yeah. Um, don't let, make that a non-negotiable. Amen. Other things can happen, but don't, don't stop seeking him first. That is so good. You know, so that's just, that's just kind of my piece of advice for anybody listening. Absolutely. Oh, that's so good. Yes. Let's pray. Yeah. Hey father, we just thank you that you're a good God and you, you love us and you know people talk about how ministry is hard and it is it's 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 a difficult task but God, we're so thankful that you've called us that you believe in us and so God I just pray right now for a husband a wife a man a woman a church planner somebody that's maybe been going for a couple of years or whatever that's maybe a little bit discouraged today yes Lord. would you just encourage them would you just build up their faith Amen. would you bring somebody into their life today that would encourage them Amen. maybe today I can be that voice that would encourage them Maybe I could be that somebody in their life that would say, man, hey, keep on keeping on, yeah. you know, keep working, keep moving forward. God's got this. Remember the promise. And so, God, I just pray for these pastors and these leaders, and I pray that you would do things in their ministry and in their families that they never dreamed possible. Blow away their wildest dreams. You're the, you're the creator of the world. You know, we think we have big dreams. Your, your dreams for us are even bigger. So, God, just remind us of that. Thank you for your faithfulness. Lord. Thank you for grace and mercy. And uh, thank you for strength. We love you, Jesus. And I pray for an infusion of your power and your presence and your spirit in every one of these pastors and leaders. Um, bring people around us to, to, for our teams and for our launches and for whatever might be coming our way. We love you. We thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Pastor Chad, thanks so much for being with us today on this podcast. And uh, you can find this at startchurch.com. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Call, brought to you by Start Church. If you have any questions about what you've heard today, please give us a call at 844-641-5718 or visit our website at startchurch.com. We hope you'll join us for the next episode of Start Church Beyond the Call. Start Church has helped thousands of churches and ministries protect what God has given them to lead. Check out our website at startchurch.com or feel free to call at 844-641-5718. We would be honored to serve you.